In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. It's great to be with all of you. It's great to be with all of you. So uh, let's start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also when we pray that beautiful prayer, the Hail Holy Queen, we also invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Mary is also our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Let's turn to Mary and ask Mary to to be with us. To pray for us and to pray with us. So that we would love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let's pray the prayer that uh, Mary loves most. That prayer is the Hail Mary. So together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director. And our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also has many beautiful titles. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. The Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. The Holy Spirit is also our consoler, as well as our counselor. The Holy Spirit is also the interior master He's the interior master. He is the one that will teach us how to pray, to go deeper and deeper in our union with God. So let's uh, beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light. Let's beg the Holy Spirit to give us the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts. As you pray to the Holy Spirit. So together, come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. 
And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Lords, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, Pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Bernadette Subiru, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, Pray for us. St. Francis Xavier. Pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. Pray for us. All God's angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my friends, we always start off by praying together because the family that prays together stays together. Then after we pray together, I promise to pray for all of you. For all of you. For Lulu, Mary Jo, Irene, Diane, Bev, Sophie, all of you who are present with us in this Perseverance family. I'd like to place all of you and your intentions on the on the altar. That God would bless you in a very special way and give you signal graces today. As always, I've got many intentions. And uh, the Mass is by far the greatest of all the the greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So I'd like to play, place all of you on, on the altar. And uh, offer these intentions. The first intention will be that all of us today would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Because our sanctification depends upon our being open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. We can say this prayer. 
Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. To the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. To the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Beautiful prayer. The next I'd like to pray in a special way for your family and your family members. Especially I'd like to pray for the family members that are walking on the wrong path. That's right, they're walking on the wrong path. They're placing their water in broken cisterns, as we read in the prophet of the Old Testament. I'd like to pray also for Evelyn Romero and her special intentions, and all of your special intentions. And also I'd like to pray in a special way for the those who are very sick. One of our family members, Nick, his mother is very sick. Probably the Lord will take her in a relatively short time. Nick and Kina, that their mother's name is Delphina, that we'll pray for her that in these last this last stage of her life, that the Lord would be present to her, especially the presence of the Blessed Mother, who is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. We'll, we'll pray for the dying. We'd like to place uh, her on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That's right. Praise her on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. There's no greater prayer than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So, my friends, uh, we are a family that prays together. That's why we stay together in thick and thin. Before getting into the readings today, which are very powerful readings, we have Genesis chapter 2, in which we have the creation of the woman. We have the creation of the woman, so we have Adam and Eve. God creating two separate sexes, the man and the woman, the male and the female. This is possibly one of the best passages to fight against the transgender agenda that is so rampant today. This passage is Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. Remember it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. Perhaps one of the best verses to sustain and defend traditional marriages between a man and a woman for the benefit of children. And the responsorial psalm is, Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. I wonder if all of you, I wonder if all of you could name the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
could probably mention some, but I would be surprised if all of you could name the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are wisdom, knowledge, understanding. According to St. Thomas Aquinas, they perfect the intellect, counsel that connects the intellect to the will. And then you have fortitude, piety, and then you have fear of the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And St. Thomas Aquinas says of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the greatest is wisdom, which perfects charity. But the first in operation would be that of fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. If you have that, you have at least imperfect contrition when you go to confession. And then the Gospel today is superb. We're going through the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 7, 24 to 30, in which... Jesus goes into pagan territory and a Syrophoenician woman comes with a daughter that's possessed by a devil. The woman approaches our Lord begging for help. And it seems as if our Lord doesn't seem to really pay too much attention to her. It kind of rebuffs her. Then eventually because of the humility, the trust, the persistence, the perseverance, the tenaciousness of this woman, Jesus casts out the evil spirit. So there, there, my friends, we have a eagle eye panoramic vantage point of our readings for today. I'd like to start off with something else, something that really impressed me that I'd like to really share with all of you. And it's the following. Tomorrow, the church celebrates. Tomorrow, the church celebrates the memorial of a woman whose brother is also canonized. And they happen to be twins. It's the only case I know where you have. Uh, brother and sister twins that are actually canonized saints. And they would be, tomorrow we celebrate Saint Scholastica, whose brother was Saint Benedict. That's right. So Saint Benedict formed the Benedictine order, and Saint Scholastica was instrumental in the foundation of the women's branch of the Benedictines. So we have that's in the horizon of our conversation tomorrow, St. Scholastica. But the following day, after the feast day of St. Scholastica, we celebrate a very important Marian feast day. So we celebrate Our Lady of Lourdes. That's right, we celebrate Our Lady of Lourdes. 
Our Lady of Lourdes, which Our Lady appeared in 1858 to a little peasant girl with health problems who had asthma. And this little peasant girl, her name was Bernadette Subiru. She appeared 18 times and then revealed herself speaking in patois, folding her hands, saying, Je suis l'Immaculée Conception. I am the Immaculate Conception. Which is very interesting because four years earlier, four years earlier, Pope Pius IX proclaimed another Marian dogma and that Marian dogma is the Immaculate Conception. That Mary was conceived without original sin as the English Protestant poet Williams Word, William Wordsworth expressed it, Mary is our tainted nature's solitary boast. Our tainted nature's solitary boast. So I'd like to just share a personal experience with all of you and, and an invitation. Yesterday, one of our friends on the Perseverance class posted something that I, I read and I followed her advice. And she said that, uh, Father, yesterday and today, there's a movie that's come out. And the movie that has come out, it's, uh, it's just a one-word title. And the name of the movie is what I've posted for you right now. It's Lourdes. So, I was able to get together a few friends... And we went to the Town Beach Center, which is only about five minutes away from our residence. And we saw this movie, and the name of the, mo- the, name of the movie is Lourdes. Lourdes, easy to remember. Lourdes. In honor of Our Lady of Lourdes. Now, I did not have any time to investigate the content, hoping that there would be no bad scenes, and this is it's a superb movie. Now I'd like to just give you a summary of it and invite all of you if you can, maybe try to go and see this in a movie theater that might be close to you. The town center was it started about seven PM. So I'd like to give you an overview of it and invite you, if possible, to to go. To be honest with you, I I I go to see very few movies because most of the movies are are not good according to my criteria. I've gone to see Chosen a couple times which is superb. 
I went to see, being an English major, I went to see The Kill a Mockingbird. And it's a wonderful life. When you have really good movies that have good human values and no bad scenes, I think it's very important that we cultivate our own, our own human formation, our culture. So, the the Lord's film is, is this. I'll give you a, a summary of it, and perhaps you'll be able to go with some of your relatives. Imagine you're not going to find it in Taiwan, but it would be a good idea to even, if they had it there, to go see it wherever it's being shown. And, uh, for example, what Melissa is just uh, tuned in. It wouldn't be a bad idea to take to take your teenagers. On the contrary, I think it'd be best to take your teenagers because teenagers at times can be selfish, thinking only about themselves, only about themselves. So here's the movie. So to understand this movie. You have to understand, at least to a limited, to a limited degree, what, what happened in Lourdes. So you really have to know a little bit of the background to get more out of it. To get more out of it. Okay, here we have it. 1858... In this little town called Lourdes, you have three little girls that are going out collecting wood in February, in which it's very cold. Two of the little girls cross the pond, but given that Bernadette has asthma, her health is very delicate, she can't. So she stays on the other side of the <coughs> flowing water. And not far from her was a grotto. So she started to hear the rustling of wind and she lifted up her gaze and she saw this beautiful woman this beautiful woman dressed in a white in a white dress with a blue sash around her waist and golden roses at her feet. And this woman smiles at this little girl Bernadette. She did not reveal her she did not reveal her identity. So, the woman the woman asks her to return. Thank you very much. Uh, Bev has just posted the link. 
It's the AMC Theaters, OM, Lourdes 2023. Thank you very much, Bev. The link is AMC Theaters, OM, Lourdes 2023. Hope it's showing throughout the country because it's very, very good. And so I'll give you a summary of it and perhaps you'll be able to go with your husband and your daughter or daughters to see it. So a lady is going to appear to this little girl, Bernadette Subiru, several times. Actually, when a lady, a lady appears in Fatima, it's six times. To Juan Diego is four times, whereas Our Lady Lord is going to pray. She's going to appear rather 18 times. So to understand this movie, she asked Bernadette for prayer and penance for the conversion of sinners. So a lady tells Bernadette to drink from the water. And nearby there was that river called the Gave, G-A-V-E. But a lady told her, not there, but right where Bernadette was. And there was no water, but there was just, uh, just a field. So Bernadette becomes almost like a little dog. And she's like a dog, you've probably seen a dog digging with his paws into the ground. So there you see Bernadette digging. It's, uh, it's very interesting. By the way, there are other films on Lords. The song of Bernadette is the classic. You might even see that too. It's called The Song of Bernadette. It's a classic. Then about 20 years ago, another movie on Bernadette came out. It's called The Passion of Bernadette. And The Passion of Bernadette is the life of Bernadette once she enters into the convent of Nevers until she dies. It's called The Passion because you see how much Bernadette suffered when she was in the convent physically, emotionally, humiliations, and until she dies. Our Lady told Bernadette, I cannot promise you happiness in this life, but in the life to come. Cannot promise you happiness in this life, but in the life to come. Promise you happiness in this life, but in the life to come. So Bernadette obeys this woman who has not yet revealed herself to Bernadette. She's digging in the ground. And the people thought that she was crazy. Then she, she bends over to try to drink from where she's digging. And what happens is a little bit of water starts trickling out. Then more water. Then more water. Then more water. 
So what happened was beneath that dirt that she was digging, there was the water, which would be, which would become the famous water of Lourdes, the miraculous water of Lourdes, which from 1858 to this very day, the water is still flowing in abundance. And someone actually brought me, here you have a picture of it, someone brought me some holy water of Lourdes. You can see in this picture uh, a depiction of a lady of Lourdes and Bernadette. And in this in this uh bottle is I still have a little bit of this Lord's water that uh, maybe I bless you with it at the end of my talk. This is the Lord's water. So yes, all of you are listening Cecilia Ann and Bev, all of us are really trying to get to know as a family, this wonderful, wonderful message of Our Lady of Lourdes. So this miraculous spring water flows forth when Bernadette was digging in the ground. So really to understand this movie, it's, it's good to understand that, um, that context. Now, eventually, after Bernadette suffered so much at the hands of the authorities, even the ecclesiastical authorities, because they really wanted to disprove her that she was just imagining things, and they would try to twist what happened, and Bernadette would always bring them back to the truth. Is that a lady asked... She asked that, it, that a, a church be built on the ground. And if you've ever been there, it's a majestic church. In my book that I've uh, that was published in October, here's my book. My book, Compendium of Marian devotions. I do have a chapter on the Marian dogmas. And one of the Marian dogmas is that of the Immaculate Conception. Now, lady said that she was in Mac Conception. And also, I wrote three chapters on the approved Marian apparitions. Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, 1531. Our Lady of Lourdes in 1858. And Our Lady of Fatima in 1917. A Lady of Lords, A Lady of Lords in 1858. So it's very interesting. When Our Lady appears, she always asks for a church. 
Why? Because in the church, there's a lady of Guadalupe said, I will come and I will hear your prayers. Jesus becomes present in the Most Holy Eucharist. But also Jesus, but also Jesus is present. Jesus is also present in, Jesus is also present in The absolution. Jesus as divine physician. So I'd like to take you now into the movie. The movie and the name of the movie. Though Some people are just clicking in now. Once again, the name of the movie is Lords. And you can see also that Bev has already posted it there. Those who are just uh, tuning in now. Inviting all of you, if possible, to see this movie Lords in your local theater. It's really worth the viewing. And bring your family. And bring your teenagers. Because what you're going to see there is just a lot of suffering. A lot of suffering. So in this movie, which came out about five or six years ago, it's actually in French, but you're going to have the subtitles. Even if you're not to read it, just by viewing it, it's worth the viewing. So what it does, it presents it presents a series of individuals who have series of health problems. A series of individuals that have a, a, a line of individuals of serious health problems. There's a young man who is 40 years old who got in a car accident and he was thrown 150 feet. So he's paralyzed. And you see at the beginning of the film, the mother and father are giving him his meal and the mother says to her son that tomorrow they're going to be going to Lourdes so he's got to get to bed early. He says to her, but I have to see my soap opera. She says, well, you might have to skip that today we got to get up early. We have to travel to Lourdes. It's going to be a long, kind of long, tiring trip. Then you see a, a a man with a little child with a sickness of wounds. Almost looks like a little leper child. Wounds on his head, all over his body. And the father is planning to go to Lourdes to pray for him. To pray for him. And the prayers are very, very beautiful in this movie. 
Then you're going to meet another person, another person who has, uh, it's called Lou Gehrig's disease. And then if you know what Lou Gehrig's disease is, is basically your, your, your muscles atrophy and the organs in your body become sluggish and then you can lo no longer move. And I think we've all known people who have been afflicted with that sickness and the first one that was diagnosed was the great baseball player Lou Gehrig who played at the same time as Babe Ruth. Then you see that uh, there was a, all these people have these very serious health problems. You see a teenage girl who's suffering a lot because she goes to school and she's being bullied by others because she's slower. And she also has her handicap. And you even see like a 95-year-old woman whose health is not that good, but th she should be thankful that she lived to be 95 years of age. And the woman that watches over her says that you're still very sharp. Your mind is still very sharp. Then there's another man who's basically mute, but he's surrounded by a lot of love. And after his experience there, being in Lourdes for close to a week, he's surrounded by priests and his loved ones, and he finally opens up his mouth and says, I love I love you very much. Very touching. Then, there's even a priest that once a year brings in a group of, of the, a group of prostitutes called the Magdalena group. And the message there is, you all have great dignity. You all have great worth. So these are the, the spiritual, the spiritually handicapped people that come to Lourdes and they're shown real concern and love. And you see, in this wonderful documentary on Lourdes, you can see others that are suffering very much, mentally, mentally, physically, emotionally. So, 
You know what? Uh, what what's really presented though that's it's most touching is not simply those people who are suffering, but basically what you have there are the the caretakers. The caretakers there who are basically volunteers. The caretakers that are volunteers. And the supervisor, the supervisor gives a very moving talk to the caretakers. Saying, look, these disabled people that are going to be here several years, you have to, you have to change them. And it's difficult for you and it's difficult for them to receive your service because it's embarrassing to be, have to take off their clothes, to maybe give them pampers, to clean them. But she said you're going to have to do you're going to have to do it three times a day. But do this with great, great love. Do this with great love because these people have great dignity. Do this with great love because these people have great, great dignity. Now, when I was watching this documentary and I was watching them being placed in the waters, in the flowing waters where you had the trained people lords taking the sick people off their cots, their beds, their wheelchairs, and placing them in the water. I was expecting that probably at least one of them was going to come out of that water if the person was paralyzed or blind or deaf, that the person would be jumping up saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But that was not the case. It was not the case. But rather, they still had their infirmity. So what is God, what is God saying here? You have you have the sick. You have the disabled. You have the handicapped. You have the paralytics. You have the blind. 
We have the spastics. We have those with the withered limbs. Which also you see in the Gospels and you see Jesus mixing among these people, touching them and healing them. But there's a dynamic in this document here, there's a dynamic between the sick, the sick and the caregivers. As well as the sick and their relatives, their mother, the father, their relatives. One of the most important messages, I think, that I gleaned from this documentary is the following. The sick, the suffering, the lame, the disabled. No doubt we're suffering very much. Suffering like our Lord who suffered on the cross. But really the beneficiaries of this, the beneficiaries of this, my friends, would be the caretakers, the mothers and the fathers, and the brothers and the sisters. Why do I say that? I say that because as a result of the infirmities of these sick people, their relatives and caretakers were given an opportunity to practice many important virtues toward these disabled. That's right. They were able to practice many, many, many virtues toward these disabled. And they're really able to live out the greatest of all commandments. And the greatest of all the commandments, you know, my friends, is that of love. We will be judged on love, the way we've treated other people. The way we, the way we treat other, other people. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a foreigner and you welcomed me. I was sick or disabled and you visited me. I was in prison 
And you came to visit me. When? When? Whenever you did it to the least of my brothers, then you did it to me. Whenever you did this to the least of my brothers, then you did this to me. Enter enter into the joy of my Father. So, my friends, what was ironic to me in this whole documentary is I had no, I had no previews or any readings on it. I was expecting I was expecting to see just a series of miracles in which, by going and descending into the miraculous waters of Lourdes, that people would come out healed. Or maybe going to the church, people would be healed. Or maybe during the Mass, people would be healed. Or maybe during the... the... uh, the Eucharistic procession people would be healed or by praying to Mary because often you see them praying to Mary people would be healed but not one person not even one person in that documentary was healed. That's why Irene is saying, this is profound, Father. It really is profound. It's very profound. It's very profound. Not one person, not one person was healed physically in the whole documentary. Now he's waiting for it and it never happened. But you'll see in the documentary you have a priest that's there a Dominican priest is present there as possibly the chaplain. They say that, okay, no one was healed physically, but many people, many people were healed morally and spiritually. Many people were healed morally and spiritually. That's why this Saturday is Our Lady of Lourdes. And the movie shows John Paul II going there when he's old and feeble. And be aware of the beautiful prayers that they make to the Blessed Mother while they are there. So those prayers that are offered are among the most beautiful prayers, heart-rending prayers that are made to Mary, the Mother of God. And some of the prayers are made are not simply for healing, but the grace to carry the cross. Now, my friends, let's apply this to us. 
how many of you people, how many of you people have a relative, maybe mother or father or husband or uncle or aunt that has a disability? I think every one of you, every one of you have in mind someone in your family that's probably popped up in your mind as I'm talking to you right now. I have an elderly mother that's 92 years of age. And her health is, okay, she's okay, but at 92... Once you arrive at 92, if you do, you know, in your health, you got good days and you got bad days. Angela has said me. But I think we all know people that have, uh, are in this situation. I saw this for about three to four years with Father Antolini who died about six months ago. And Father Dave was really attending him very, very well to the very end. I think all of you can identify with this. All of you can identify with this. All of you know elderly and sick people also, we get older. As you get older, you usually don't become more healthy, but rather, my father, who died seven years ago, said, as you get older, one part of your body falls apart at a time. So one one part of the time, your body starts to fall apart, like an old jalopy. Huh? But I'd like to say this. This is a a note of great encouragement. This is a note of great encouragement. John Paul II wrote a document called Salvifici Dolores. The, The salvific value of suffering. We as Catholics, we as Catholics, we know and believe That everything has value if it's related to Christ. So if we can unite, we can unite our suffering. Unite our suffering to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Your suffering, Angela, Mary Jo's mother at 94, and all of our, our maybe smaller sufferings, all of our sufferings, all of our sufferings have value. If we can unite our sufferings to the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
So hopefully our conversation is a little bit different today because I was so touched and moved by that documentary, I wanted to share that with you. Hopefully all of us can renew our belief that our human suffering has value. Our human suffering has value because Christ himself suffered for us. Let us pray that we will be able to unite our work, our sufferings and our pains to Jesus Christ on the cross. As St. Francis of Assisi said in his prayer, We adore you, Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The Lord be with you. My mighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.